Hey, everybody. I am Kamara McHale, and welcome to episode number 13 of Conversations with Kamara, the podcast. Thank you all so much for being here. Um, Like I said before, it's been a little while. Um, I've been doing some other stuff for some months, so I'm back now, and I'm so grateful to... uh, I have I've missed it. I've missed doing the podcast. So anyway, so today we're going to talk about chapter 56 of my book. And uh, for those who follow along, chapter 56 is in descending order. So you've actually only missed a, a couple um, a couple of chapters. So what I do is I go through and read a few uh, excerpts from my book and, and talk about it. So um, back in 2005, I was um, diagnosed with major depressive disorder, acute anxiety disorder and post-traumatic stress disorder. And at the time, I knew that I needed professional help, and that is exactly what I got. So um, uh, chapter 56 is entitled, I'll Have Paranoid, Paranoid Please with a Side of Weird. So I'm just going to uh, read one paragraph. It says, the summer of 2017 came, and Kyle continued being weird. He became paranoid. On more than one occasion, I knew that he wasn't dealing with the full deck. One night, my niece Sky and I decided to go to the movies in Riverview on a Wednesday night at midnight. So on a Wednesday night at midnight, we go to the movies. She and I got our tickets and went inside to see the movie. Once the movie let out, we were talking and heading to our respective cars and standing in the parking lot. And this is what happened. So went to the midnight movie, get out at 2 a.m. We're standing in the parking lot. We're parked like next to each other. We're talking and talking, laughing. So I'm facing her, of course. Behind me, she's like, Auntie. She was like, "Uh, Kyle is behind you. I was like, what? She was like, Kyle is behind you. And I'm thinking, Kyle is behind me. Like, what? Sure enough, I turned around (laughs) and he was sitting in his truck looking like some sort of pervert. And I just looked at him. I said, what are you doing here? And he was like, oh, I um, just got out of the movie. I don't know what I named his daughter, but uh, whatever I said her name was in the book. So he was like, I, you know, we went to the movies and he said, but I had a feeling, you know, that you'd be here. And I'm like, I said, you had a feeling that I would be here on a Wednesday night at two o'clock in the morning? Really? Oh my God. So he had just gotten, you know, after I found out, found out about the affair and everything that he had, I think that he thought that I would do the same thing to him. So, um, you know, I, I told him, I said, I'll, I'll, I think what was so weird about it, my niece was so concerned and she was like, I said, you know what, um, Sky, I'm just going to go ahead and go home. And she was like, auntie, are you sure you're going to be, are you okay? I was like, yeah, I'm okay. She's like, are you sure you're okay? I was like, Yes, I'm sure. She said, I mean, literally, she was like, I need you. And he was still sitting there. She said, I need you to tell me that you're okay. I said, yes, I'm okay and I will be fine. So how about all of that? Oh, I had a feeling you were going to be here. We still lived in the same house. So literally, (laughs) I left her, got in my car, crunk up my car and drove home with him trailing me in his truck. So he just got to the point where... um, there was one occasion where he asked me, I was getting ready to go somewhere and I really, I didn't want to see him. I didn't want to have anything to do with him. I was so hurt and so angry at, you know, the affair that he had that I found out about. So um, I remember um, like maybe the day before, whatever, it's just like a lot of uh, things were happening 
uh, over like maybe a two week period of time before I left him. So uh, one time I was, I got dressed. I would never tell him where I was going because to me it was none of his business um, because he cheated. That wasn't his, uh, that wasn't his right to know anymore. So um, I was getting ready to go. I got dressed. It, it was in a daytime, maybe like noon or whatever. I go, um, you know, walk out of the house through the garage, get to my car. And he came outside and I was thinking like, oh God, like here he comes. What does he want? So I roll down the window and I'm like, what? He goes, where are you going? And I was like, I'm going out. Like what? Because he knew I was beyond him. And he goes, uh, he said, how many miles do you have on your car? (laughs) I'm like, how many miles do I have on my car? I was like, why? And then he goes, he goes, have you been going out of town? And I'm like, what? So I'm thinking, you know, I'm telling him like, that's none of your business. And then I'm like, no, I have not. How about I had, because I had already me being the codependent person that I am. I had already started seeing this guy that I uh, <clears throat> had, you know, dated in high school and we had reconnected uh, with me being so angry. And I know that's wrong. I know I'm not supposed to, you know, be dating while I'm technically married. And I was, I was just like, you know what, I'm going to do what I want to do. So I had been going uh, out of town to go, to go see that guy. And, um, I remember one time I was getting ready to leave the house and, you know, uh, Kyle came out again and he was like, are you sure you haven't been going out of town? I was like, no, leave me alone. And then one day, a few days later, he came and he was like, let me in your car. Okay. So I unlocked the door. He got in. I was like, what? He literally had a gun sitting on his lap and I'm looking, I can't take my eyes off the gun because I'm like, what the crap? I knew that he already owned a gun legally when we first got together, which I didn't like, but, you know, I'm just kind of afraid of guns. But anyways, um, I remember he had the gun like sitting on his lap. Oh, no, no, no. I know what it was. That was another time when he had it on his lap upstairs in the house. No, this was um, a time where he had driven my car, I guess, the night before, and he left the a gun in the glove box. So I didn't even know that there was a gun in there. And why wasn't it in his his truck with the other one? Well, it was one in the house and then one, I, I thought it would have just been in his truck, but actually he had went and got a second gun. And he said, I was like, what? That's the same gun? He was like, no. And I was like, what are you doing with another gun? He said, I bought another one. And he looked at me, he said, because you never know when you're going to have to use it. And Kyle was a very calm guy, very calm. He was very uh, nice, um, but... He was he was losing his mind because he knew that there was nothing that he could say or do to make me want to, you know, try to work things out in our marriage. And he was literally like the shell of a man that I had known and loved and fell in love with just, you know, some years prior. So it was just like uh, over time, it was just really... Um, really strange stuff, things that he would, um, that he would, um, ask me. It was like what he did, you know, with the affair, it started like driving him kind of crazy because he couldn't deal with the fact, fact that, you know, what if I started seeing somebody, um, and he was already kind of sort of like a jealous type, you know, he would, you know, tell me, um, over years, even when we were doing really well, He'll go, you know, because I, I have a, a friend and I haven't seen him in years. 
my friend is uh, Daryl, and that's Daryl's real name. And I spoke of him uh, before, but um, me and Daryl would go to lunch sometimes. I knew his wife. We were we were really close friends over over like fifteen years of that time. And I remember with Mary and Kyle, he didn't want me to. He thought it was wrong that I would have lunch with him sometimes. I'm like, like what could be wrong with? He's been my friend way before you, and he's got a wife and a you know and children and. He just, he was like, no, he said, I think it's uh, different. He said, when you're married, you don't just go to lunch with the opposite sex. And I'm like, no. And I, was, I wasn't I was trying to be funny. And this was before anything bad in our relationship. And I'm like, no. I was like, I will go to lunch with him because that's my friend. And you just have to trust me, you know? And if he went to lunch or something with somebody, I was not the jealous type. You know, I wasn't going to be like, oh, you can't go because she's a female. No, everybody's grown. Yeah, you shouldn't put yourself in, you know, some different situations. But I trusted him. He had never given me a reason not to, you know, when we first got together. And I told him, I was like, I'm not going to not be his friend. It's not like I saw him every week or every month. I probably hadn't seen him then and maybe, maybe not even a year. But, you know, I'm just going to go have a meal. And he really, he wouldn't fuss, but he would give me a, a really hard time you know, saying that that's something that I shouldn't do. And, you know, uh, what if he, you know, said something out of the way to me? And I was like, well, if he said something out of the, out of the way to me, then he is not the Daryl that I, you know, uh, you know, grow to uh, to know and and to love. You know, he was my friend and I, I loved him and I knew his wife and I'd been, she'd been our house before, both of them. So it was not like he was some strange guy and I was trying to you know, sneak around and start singing. It's like if I was going to do that, why would I even? Why would I even tell Kyle? Oh, I'm going to have lunch with Daryl. If I was sneaking around, why would I even tell him that? So, anyways, to me, that stuff was just like petty. And um, you know, he was Daryl was still my friend, and he is to this day, even though I haven't seen him in years. He's he's like a brother to me. I know that if I need him, or he is right there, and and he's a. Uh, he he's more than a friend. He he's really like um like a brother to me. So, anyways, um, when I uh left Kyle, um, I was gonna be just like going to live with my parents or something because I needed to get out of that house. And I think um I've talked in the podcast about, you know, me leaving, um, sneaking out of the house and you know, how I was a part-time cashier at um a Publix in Apollo Beach. And I remember, you know, with the mileage thing, I remember my son calling me. I was at work, had all my little green Publix uniform, and my son called me, and he was like, Mom, he said, me and Britt, and Britt is my daughter, it's like me and Britt have been talking, and um, we got to, you know, you need to get out that house. Uh, Kyle is being really, he said he's being really a crazy person. He said, you need to, to get out. And I was like, oh, okay. I was just going on my little uh, lunch break, which was really dinner, you know, at Publix, and I was getting in my car and he was like, you, you got to get out of there. And I was like, okay. I said, well, you know, I'm going to leave. I'll, I'll leave soon. And my son was like, no. I said, well, I'll come up with a plan. He was like, no, me and Britt have a plan for you already. And I'm like, what? So anyways, he goes, okay. He said, he said, are you still at work? I said, well, I'm, you know, um, pretty much in the car now. I'm on break. He goes, okay. He said, um, I need you to go back in the store. He said, I need you to get Kyle, um, something that he'd like to drink to take home as kind of like a little decoy. I was like, okay. 
He said, so when you do it, he said, I'm going to talk to you on the phone. Like, like he was my dad, but I knew that him and my daughter were only concerned. He said, okay. He said, I'm going to, um, he said, I'm going to talk to you. He said, but when you get, you know, like right down on your block, he said, I want to, I want you to get off the phone with me. He said, I want you to go park, um, outside. He said, I want you to drive, park on the driveway. He said, do not park inside where you normally park. And I was like, okay. He said, that way, when you sneak out of the house, you don't have to worry if, you know, he's going to uh, not let you get out and you'll be in the garage and it could just be a whole mess. And he was really concerned. Him and my daughter were really concerned, not just about a gun, but a second gun. And for Kyle to say, you know, you may you don't know when you, you know, may have to use it. It was just really out of character for him from him and for him. I'm sorry. And it was just uh, it was crazy. So sure enough, I started getting nervous because I'm like, wow, like I'm really thinking about, you know, people I've heard stories from where they had to sneak away or their husband. I never had those situations happen. You know, like I said, things were calm in my life for most of my life. So stuff like this, even like I was talking on the last episode about um, even having to, um, um, you know, uh, almost like fight him, just stuff like that, that was completely out of character for me. But years ago, I would have been looking at somebody like, really? Like, do you have to be that dramatic? But when that stuff turns around and happens to you, it's like I see the world a whole different way because of those experiences. So I have to be open to actually hear and really listen to somebody's heart when, um, you know, when they're talking about relationships or, you know, things that happen to them. A lot of times, judgmentally, I, you know, I would have not told them, but I would have been like, yeah, really? Did you have to do that? Couldn't you just leave? Or And it's, it's when the tables are turned. It's a whole different ball game. So anyways, got off the phone with my son. I had gotten some of uh, the uh, insurers, the, the little nutrient drinks, had some of those um, because he had asked me to bring some when I came on break. So anyway, that that was my son telling me to get something. And Kyle, who was my then husband, you know, asked me to bring him something on my break. I was like, OK, so I had the insurers. I got, you know, home. I remember, you know, don't go in the garage, go in the driveway. I think he was parked like out on the street. His truck was, but he was uh, in the house. So I was like, okay. So my son was like, just try to act normal, but do this, this, and this. Okay. So got off the phone with my son. Like I said, drove, got to the driveway, got out. I was nervous. I had a lot of anxiety and I was probably being much more dramatic than I probably had to be, but it was just something different, you know, for me. So um, got in the house, I unlocked the door and he says, now I unlocked the door. It's not like I knocked on the door or whatever. And he was like, who is that? And I was like, you know, it, it's me. Like, why are you yelling? It's me. He goes, oh, and I'm like, like, what is wrong with him? So anyways, I come in, I'm trying to make like little piddly conversation. So I'm like, oh, you know, um, I brought your insurers, uh, you know, um, I'm just gonna, you know, put them in the kitchen, blah, blah, blah. I just came, you know, home on my break. So I'm saying stuff that he already knew, but for him, when I got in the door for him to say, who is it? And just the tone and that, that you know, masculinity in, in his voice, it made me even more uncomfortable. And then, okay, the second gun or, so anyways, I, um, I put the insurers, um, I was walking over, like I said, we live in a two-story house. So I was walking over to the banister. So I think I left the, the insurers either in the foyer or on the banister. I don't remember, but I remember going upstairs and um, he lived in the master bedroom because when we moved into that house, I didn't move into that room with him. I already knew, you know, it wasn't going to work. So I stayed in one of the other uh, 
uh, was four bedrooms. I stayed in um, like the actual fourth bedroom. So anyways, um, I'm like, okay, thinking now, let me get some clothes. And my son had already told me, he said, mom, I don't care if you just have to get underclothes, get what you can or nothing at all and get out of there. Okay. I'm going upstairs. I pass by his room um, and, you know, look to my left and he's sitting on the bed and he's got the TV on, but it's like the TV is watching him. And he looked like he was just like out of it, like depleted. Um, I won't say sad. It was like a blank stare. So I was like, I said, what is that? He had that second gun sitting on his lap. And I was like, so I was really nervous, but I was trying to act like I was cool. So I was like, why do you have that gun there? Like, why do you? And he just, he just looked at me, just like he said in the car that day, like, you never know when you're going to have to use it. Man, please. I like, I was like, oh, let me go use the bathroom. I went around the little, um, you know, uh, stairway and over to the uh, left, I think was a, the a second bathroom. I went in the bathroom, but what I did was just ran the water, acting like I had to use the bathroom. I, you know, slowly opened the door where he couldn't sleep, see me. I went in my bedroom. I grabbed like some underclothes and stuff and my contact lenses and my medicine. And I was like, okay, I'm getting ready to go back to work now. He said something to me. I flew out of there, locked the door, and I got in my car and I got my butt away from there and... My son told me to call him. So he said, call me when you get out of there. He said, I'm going to give you seven or 10 minutes. He said, and if you don't, I'm calling the cops. And I was like, okay. So I, you know, got down the street. I was so nervous. I called my son to tell him that I was out. And he was like, okay, are you okay? And I was like, yeah. And then I got emotional afterwards, but it was like pure adrenaline because it was so, so different. But I got my butt out of there. And the only time I went back to that house is when, um, uh, you know, I called the police maybe days or a week later, however long it was, um, to escort me to get some of my stuff from the house. And that worked out fine, even though I'll talk about it later, because he worked the night shift and he was actually gone. And uh, the guy started seeing the preacher, uh, Christopher. Um, I ended up, he ended up paying his nephews to, you know, meet me and my sister at that house to get my stuff and my furniture out of there. So, All right, so that's the conclusion of this episode. Um, I'm glad it's flowing freely. I don't have anything I'm looking at anymore with my, um, you know, card saying, okay, I'm going to say this and this. It just flows freely. So I think that's maturity with uh, with doing this. So I'm just so happy to be back. And I will never, ever that I know of leave uh, that long again from doing the podcast. You all have a great day. God bless you. And like I always say, If you know that you feel depressed or, you know, you're just not yourself, please reach out and get help. It literally saved my life.